Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to the LAF podcast. Monica here. I wanted to take a moment to introduce this month's community spotlight, who is Rafael Soto. He is the co-founder of a company called Proto 101, a sustainable, high-quality clothing brand based out of Washington State. And what they're doing is so inspiring and providing solutions in a time where we really need them. especially sustainable solutions to help our planet and help us, right? So I was left with so much hope, so much inspiration, and hearing Rafael's story, also hearing the inspiration behind creating the company and what the company is doing itself. They also partner with a nonprofit called One Tree Planted, where they're pretty much planting more trees. So it's really great, and they're really doing their best to help with our deforestation issue. And so, yeah, I I hope that you learn a lot, and I hope that you see a lot of inspiration and hope in our climate change crisis that we find ourselves in. And just knowing that there's always solutions, we want to see them. So enjoy, happy listening, and be sure to stay connected to Proto 101. You can find their links in the description. So happy listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here. And today I am joined by a guest that's actually in Washington. So it's a little bit of a change for us, which is super exciting as the podcast continues to grow. And I just want to say thank you to Des DaCosta for making this connection. So today I am joined by Rafael Soto, who is the co-founder of a company called uh, Proto 101. So we're going to be talking about sustainability and the impact that he's having and his company is having and making a positive ripple in our planet. So as many of you know, I am an environmentalist. And a lot of times I do talk more about mental health, but it's all connected and it all matters because truly the way that the environment is being impacted by our actions is, of course, impacting our mental health. So I'm happy that today we'll be able to talk more about the environment. And I'm really excited to start the conversation. So hi, Rafael. 
Hi, Monica. Thank you for having me on. I am super excited to be here also. So I love what you do. I feel like a lot of the conversations you have really impact how I think, how I feel, hit subjects that I haven't really dove into, and also just make me aware, which is a good state to be. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So as you've probably heard on the podcast, what my go-to question that I always ask my guests is, uh, what is it that you love about yourself? And also, how has that quality helped you in your life? So, great question. So I was thinking about that. And I realized like one of the biggest things I love about myself is everything's possible. I feel like no is just an answer. I can move to the sec- next person and get a yes. I feel everything's possible. I've had a very fun life. I feel like I'm a go-getter and I feel like there's big goals I set for myself. I'm a very much, I say I'm more on the Buddhist plane where I, I put it out to the universe and I put it out by dates. And I say, by this age, I'll be this. And by this age, I'll be there. And inertly, you go there, whether you want to or not. And it's never a straight path, but you always end up there. So one of the things I love that for me, everything's possible. There is nothing that's not possible. It's like, all right, I want to change careers or if I want to focus on something else, or I'm diving really deep into the impact of clothing and the environment and really deep into fabrications. Like, it's like, all right, I need to step back. Here's what I know. Here's what I don't know. And now start learning what I don't know. So I feel that's a great thing. The other thing I feel I learned a long time ago is people's opinions have no bearing on how I feel about myself. And that's been interesting. My mom, when I was a kid, my mom used to call me Mr. President because I just was very aware of me and I like people's opinions never affected me. It wasn't the same thing that happened to my brother. My brother really had a hard childhood and was ostracized by friends and stuff. But I, it was just sort of repellent off me. I was just like, "Mm, thanks for your opinion. I'm okay. I can move on. And so those are like the two things that I really, really like about myself. That's amazing. That's so awesome. Especially to have had that growing up, because as we know, growing up can be hard sometimes, especially if you feel a little bit different. And so that's, that's amazing that you've had. Yeah. I don't know what's interesting is like, I have four brothers and they all are so different and my favorite brother or my closest brother, uh, Ricky, I mean, we were, we grew up together. We had the same bedroom and everything. He had such a different experience in high school and grade school and everything. And I felt very protective of him. And uh, later on, I learned, like, as you grew up, you understand what you really experienced. And then later on, I learned his experience and it broke my heart that he went through all that. And he's a moment, he said, you know, well, I didn't have friends. I hung out with you and your friends. And like, he was so sad about that. And I remember saying, but you were my best friend. Hmm. And he was just like, he didn't know what to make of that. I was like, Ricky, it was like all the other people were just people, but you are my best friend. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like I don't know what it is, but I feel fortunate I felt that way. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. And to be able to have to that bond with your brother, that means that, and that carries on. So that's wonderful. Well, now let's dive a little bit more on your background. And if you can tell us a little bit about the origin story leading to you creating your company. So our company is Proto 101, and I'm just going to dive way back. As kids, me and my brother, I feel like I can't stop designing. 
how's that? It's like, it just doesn't turn off. Mm. I walk into a house, I redecorate everything, redo the lighting in my head. I just do it. And there's moments like to stop thinking about it. <laughs> think about that. So I went into design. I just couldn't get out of it. Me and my brother, my brother does interiors. I do clothing design. We grew up basically, our parents were super supportive of what we did. And uh, we spent all our time designing things, drawing things, redoing things, moving my mom's furniture around. Every time she left the house, we were like, oh, let's place this here. This looks better here. And sometimes she'd be very surprised. Sometimes she'd be very upset. So it's just inert. Like we always designed. So I went into apparel, which is really great outlet. I really felt, and there's a moment where I felt like I was, couldn't go into apparel because I kept thinking nobody makes money on that. Don't want to mm-hmm. be a starving artist. Yeah. So I took, yeah. So I took psychology and philosophy classes for a while, but I realized I got to do what I love to be successful. Yeah. That's great. And so then what was it that happened after that? Did you, you're, you just started to steadily get into it or? So I took a class for apparel design at nights while mm-hmm. I was taking psychology and philosophy. And this, my heart was at nights, like all my time wanted to be on that product. You know, that those projects, I didn't mm-hmm. really feel a burning sensation to be doing psychology or philosophy. So it didn't move me. And I felt like every moment of my day was redesigning something and ripping jeans apart and taking t-shirts apart and remaking them and understanding the seams and understanding, oh, if I reduce the collar a little by this, it makes it lie smoother. You know, so after the first year of college, I just flipped my major into apparel design. I had a great school. So I just went hundred percent into the apparel design. I did two years there. Then I did two more years in LA at Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. So I got four years behind me. And I literally had one fashion show right after school. And I got my first job offer here in Seattle. Uh And that was a blast. It was like, okay, I can make a living doing what I love. Yeah, that's so inspiring. And, you know, that's a lot of what we try to do with the organization is to help folks understand that, that you can absolutely do what you love and that you should, because that's probably why you're here on this planet. So <laughs> it's, I always find it like, it's hard. I ask that question a lot too. People is like, what do you love? And there's so many people who can't answer that. And I think like that to me is the key to everything is like, just finding what you love doing, whether they pay you or not, you're going to be doing it, you know? And I have, and I think I thought that at an early age, but I also in Seattle, when I lived here, I really got into different religions and like the Buddhism just sat there and sat there with me and about, you know, put it out through the universe, believe in it, it comes to you. And when I went into fashion, I just was 100% in it. And it was like, in my head, I was like, put it out, put it out, put it out, let the universe see what I can do and let it all come in. And um, it sort of did, which was really nice. Yeah, absolutely. The power of belief, it's quite remarkable. And the older I become and the more I practice these things, the more it happens and more frequently. And I freak out because every time I'm so surprised, I'm like, oh, these synchronicities are out of this world. (laughs) But it's so affirming. (laughs) And and you think they're random, but I definitely believe you're already... Once you make that decision, whatever that decision is, and I timestamp it because it just happens and it's that surprise. You're like, oh my God. I, and I timestamped something for this month and it happened today. And I was like, 
it's exactly what I put out there and I got exactly <laughs> what I wanted. And it's, I, and sometimes it's funny, you know, I, it's funny because in New York, I lived in New York for 10 years and I used to tell myself, I said, you made it when you have an elevator going to your apartment, that's made it. And in my head, I just thought it and I thought it, I thought it, I thought it. I moved into a condo in Seattle, which I love, and I have an elevator that goes down, uh, goes to my apartment, but it goes down. And I was like, ooh, it wasn't specific enough. <laughs> and it's sort of funny. I'm like, you got what you want, but you weren't specific. So it's sort of entertaining to those moments. Absolutely. It, it adds some comedy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey of design and um your background in that before creating your company? So I started in Seattle. I worked for a small company. We did the men's and women's collection here. That did really well. I worked at Nordstrom's and one of the directors there, and this is um, what's funny, hindsight's wonderful. When you're in it, you're not sure, but hindsight's wonderful. I was there and a director was working with me and she uh, pulled me aside and she said, you're too talented to be here in Seattle. You need to move to New York. And just out of the blue, she was like, I'm leaving in a month. You need to go to New York. And it was two weeks later, I quit my job, called my friend in New York, moved to New York without a job, which is always uncomfortable. Took everything I had financially and left everything else behind. And then my you know big career kicked off in New York. I got a job a week later and sort of I had all different random jobs that probably like five or six years into it, you realize how wasteful our industry is. It's super wasteful. It's there's positive and negative to every industry. And ours has, you know, there's the image thing. That's a problem. There's how wasteful we are in product. There's the whole body uh, shaming, which is an issue in our industry and sizes. And so there's all these things that weren't working for me and they sat there and they sat there and they sat there. And then like 13 years ago, I made a a proposal to launch a sustainable brand of clothing. And I just, I love what they do. I love what they stand Mm -hmm. for. I love the company. And I was like, you have beautiful fabrics. How can I make clothing that everyone wear every day? You know, not a hiking jacket, not a climbing jacket, but use that fabric and say, it's a beautiful jean jacket, but it's also moisture wicking and it has UPF 50 and it has stretch. So it's your favorite jean jacket, you know, and how do I improve on the basics? And they were not receptive. Interesting. they, They thought it was a good idea, but they weren't there. And so that was 13 years ago. Um, So that came to a halt and I continued working, but it just sat in my head. And then I ended up back in Seattle. And Mm. that was the, like, when I started working there, that sort of changed everything in my head. I was like, this just has to happen. It was a fire after that. Like we launched some of their most successful brands and Mm. all through that course, all I could think about is I don't like what it's doing to the planet. Mm -hmm. I don't like how we're approaching it. I don't like any of these aspects. So then it brought me to like COVID and right around COVID, I was like, that's it. I need to do this. And uh, COVID was negative and positive. I see like there's a light and everything. And some people either, you know, stopped during COVID or some people got busy. And I feel like I sort of talked to my two business partners. I met uh, Leon and Ashley helped me launch all these brands. And I just told them, I said, it's not sustainable. Um, It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable in any way what we're doing here. And I think we can do it better. And uh, what's funny is I think everyone during COVID has that reflection moment. And they both said yes immediately, which I was surprised. I was like, hold on. Wow. (laughs) I don't know what to do now. 
That's so great, though. That just shows that it was meant to be. And absolutely, I have the same uh, mentality when it comes to 2020 and what that presented. And of course, never undermining the amount of suffering, but just the the breakthroughs that have happened for so many folks, a lot of people like you. And I went through similar realizations for myself, too, and of, of aspects in my life where I just said, you know what, no more. This can't there has to be some drastic change here. And so I agree. I feel like on a bigger scale, I feel like this era has kind of been brought to our attention. It's kind of been like a black and white moment of like either you adapt and you evolve or you don't, you know, you might not even get to live anymore. So mm -hmm. it's a crazy time. But I think, like you said, it, it, there is a lot of light still through this transformation that we're all going through. Mm hmm. And I, and I think like, it's, it wasn't easy at first. I think it was like, everyone's at home, everyone, like, I remember there was a moment was like, oh my God, it's five o'clock summer. I can have a, a glass of wine today. I can have this. <laughs> and like, and then it becomes every day. And then like, there's a moment you're like, okay, hold on, hold on. This is not, uh, you're not going to come out of the other end in a good place. And so you have to sort of stop and say, okay, I, I know where I want to end up when this ends mm -hmm. and that's not where I want to end up. And you got to make that decision to like, okay, hit the brakes. Mm -hmm. What's the dream? Yes. Take a breath, chase the dream. Absolutely. I love that. Chase the dream. Heck yeah. And what did, what were some things that you did to help yourself during that time? Any specific things that you did to make sure that you were okay? So I originally I thought I was having a glass of wine at three was making me feel okay. <laughs> and I thought cooking every night at big meals was a good thing and all these kinds of things. So what you think is good is not really good. And then you have the, the moment and I listen to a lot of podcasts and I also, I mean, I read a lot of sort of just, I reread some things I really love, like the Tao, the Tao Winnie the Pooh, basically mm. explaining Taoism, super simple, but yes. I sit there and I pick it up and I reread it really fast. I'm like, all right, bring it back, bring it back to life. So I started meditating a little in the morning. I try to get on schedule. The big change is schedule, get a schedule. It changes your whole life. Mm -hmm. So it's like, get up, meditate, work out walk my dog, feed my dog, now start making decisions. You know, I feel like the less decisions I had to make in the first part of the day allows me to make bigger decisions all day, you know? Yes. And so that was a big change I had to do. Yeah. No, I love that you said that. It really comes down to discipline as much as sometimes we might shy away from it, but the positive effects that really has on the rest of your life is is pretty it shows in itself on the way that you end up feeling better about yourself and like you said the decision making becomes a lot more clear yeah and sometimes like people think it's a big thing to like big decisions and i realized like we read and i can't recall the book but basically it was like just make your bed mm -hmm. just every morning make your bed and that's an accomplishment you're starting your day off you know and it's that simple and also like don't beat yourself up if you're going to work out and i i say I'm doing three works out this week, irrelevant to when. Yeah. You know, it could be three mm -hmm. days in a row. And I don't feel bad if I can't get it and also I have to do three in a row, but it's just like, just get three in whenever, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think just giving yourself that break of being like, instead of every day I have to do this and this and this, being like, okay, these are my goals, negative or 
positive about it. I don't feel like it's bad if I didn't do it. It's like, okay, there's tomorrow, now do it tomorrow and, and so on and so on. And that makes it easier. It just mm-hmm. makes you continue to do what you're supposed to do, but also gives you the leeway to we're human, you know, gives Absolutely. you that leeway, that human factor. Yeah, I agree with that. That flexibility, because sometimes people become, and I've, and I've done this where you become almost like a prisoner of the regimen and then you find yourself getting upset mm-hmm. and then it doesn't, it's defeating its purpose. So I think definitely having that flexibility is so important. Yeah. That, that and that's where I never wanted to get is that defeat mm-hmm. uh, moment. Uh, I felt like we're three different people. And when we said, just make the bed, one of my partners was like, it's really hard. I Okay. That's okay. But for me, I can make my bed because it feels good to get back into it later because it's just yes. too bad. And so there's something tied there. And she was like, it's just really hard for me to make the bed. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> giving yourself that grace in between. <laughs> but I want to, I'm a little curious. So with the sustainability, the industry showed you, the things that could be better. Did you ever have, before getting into the industry, were you ever, were you also curious about the state of the planet or what is, was it all just brought on based on the work that you were a part of? I think it's twofold. I think yeah. I became aware. So I always feel like I did my formative years in Seattle. I, at 18 from Wisconsin, I moved to Seattle and I feel like I was developing 18 to 25. I just learned a lot. And I yeah. I feel that's when I became aware of it. In my industry, I just never thought about it. And then there was a moment, a aha moment. And that was like, you know, now it's been 15 years, but like where I was like, ah, I'm seeing, I mean, I go, you travel to Bangladesh and I remember your heart's just ripped out on how poor it is and how people are living. And then you see you're working at a factory and it's so that for them not to give the excess production away to the people in Bangladesh, they burn it instead of giving it to people. Wow. I, I remember thinking, what are you doing? I go, if that got out, people would be so upset that you wouldn't even donate to the people who need it, you know? And I just saw all these kind of things that were not okay. And then by traveling all over the world, you could like pick things out right away. And I was like, all right, we need to be different. We need to change all that. We need to not overproduce where we're throwing things away, where we're burning product. We need to partner with people to, if we have excess product, to give it to those people who need the product, you know, not give it on kind of contingency for this or that unconditional just give, you know? So yeah, probably 13 years ago when I became aware of like how our industry was so bad to the environment and how it treated people and how pollutant it is. Yeah. No, it's amazing that you've been able to take what you saw and make something so positive now. So tell us a little bit more now about your company and the sustainable practices that y'all have and what you are so, hoping to accomplish. So what's interesting is my original, when I started apparel, I did my first line called Prototype. And what's funny is now we're back to naming our brand and we're back to proto 101 101 being the first class in any college you know it's the aspect of we're going to educate you that's the goal proto is the prototype and then 101 is we're going to educate you along our path our journey on how to either buy sustainable clothing or what you really need as a foundation wardrobe to maintain a sustainable wardrobe and so we sort of married them. I and mean, I laughed because the first name was always prototype in my head when I started clothing. So I was like, okay, that brought it full circle for me. Yeah. And uh, 
we just want to close the loops. We want to close the loops in fabrications. I, we say a lot like uh, yarn to you. Basically, we start from developing the yarns, making sure we're growing sustainable yarns, making sure everything we're using is recyclable, uh, like recyclable polyester if we have it, tencel, which is from eucalyptus trees. We're trying to be as sustainable as possible in making our garments. And that's starting from the yarn to the fabrication to how we finish the fabric and how we wash the fabric and then i always say try to improve what's out there building better basics if you look at our website we have two dresses that are getting amazing reviews and it was as simple as listening and adding pockets to women's dresses <laughs> and i was like no that was easy i was like just listen you know stop talking be quiet and listen to what people are saying and there was such a demand for pockets on dresses and i was like this is so interesting you know and that was like Let's also resolve issues as we design. That's amazing. Just by adding those simple things. Yeah. It's interesting because we, we read a lot of reviews from other brands and it's just like, just read them and digest them and listen to what they really want. And so many weren't getting what they wanted. And there's engineering to it. it it wasn't like put a pocket on the side of the dress. It's like, you got to move the whole seam forward so you don't have a big pocket on the side of your dress. Right, and right. so there's some engineering there, but it was like, let's resolve problems that people have in clothing too. If we're going to give you amazing fabric that performs, it's sustainable. Let's also re resolve the design issues of what people have every day. Yeah, I love this. And, and I love what you y'all are doing because I think especially in the United States, such a consumer society, a lot of times I know people don't know what's the best way to make a difference. But there's this term that has stayed with me that I learned in my undergrad called consumer activism. And that's what y'all are doing because you're helping folks pick better apparel that's better for the environment and therefore, you know, causes a, a more positive ripple in our society. And we really can vote so much. We, we vote with our dollars. Absolutely. And I, again, I do believe there's a lot of power in us deciding what companies we want to support and which ones we don't. So happy that y'all have added to that and are helping people create better buying decisions. Thank you. I'm happy that it's a long awaited dream happening. Like it's just been burning in my head and it's finally nice to actually see it happen and come getting the right partners to make it happen. So it's a good journey right now. I'm very excited about what we're doing and where we're going, you know, and a big part of like, there's the product aspect of it. And then there's the people aspect of it is what are we doing to make things better? You know, give a better product, but what are we doing to make things better? And we're in the midst of talking about a bunch of different things. And I had my own brand prior to this, and I just worked with Pioneer Human Services and I just donated all my dress shirts. These are like Italian dress shirts to them. And we're talking about what charities do you want to give? How do we want to be able to help people who need like, so the, the Pioneer Human Services is basically they work with formerly incarcerated individuals getting back into the workforce mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what they, they need clothing. They need nice clothing. They need things to interview. And I was like, I have these beautiful suits and dress shirts and ties. And I was like, all right, how do I make this? Or how do they make give this to be and make this an impact? And as soon as I called them, they were like, oh yeah, we are so short on men's clothing and men's clothing for interviewing specifically, which was great. And as we build Proto, we constantly talk about, you know, what are the things we want to give back to? What are the things that we think will make things better for everyone? 
Yeah. I love that because again, the more we can give in different aspects, it's creating more and more positive solutions. So I've heard of a some probably a similar organization that does that. And that's so important because a lot of times those populations, they can feel so left behind and, you know, supporting them in those transitions is so essential for them to be able to have a more positive life, hopefully for the rest of their days. I agree. I feel, yeah, any contribution to help people move forward with what their dream is, is a great cause for us to pursue. Yeah. And I think I saw you all participate in tree planting too with, with your services. Yeah. That was one of the big conversations is we need to be carbon neutral. Everyone needs to be carbon neutral. One of the uh, easiest and best ways to do it is to plant a tree. So we decided that we wanted to plant one tree for every single product purchased. So we have an aggressive goal for this year, which we are doing incredibly well towards. And just it, the goal for us was like, hey, we need to offset our shipping. We need to offset, you know, whatever we need to offset in our business. How can we do that to be carbon neutral? And our goal is always to be 100% carbon neutral. We're working on things to get there and planting a tree. I mean, we're planting so many trees. This month was the, the highest portion of trees we planted. And I was like, all right, this is amazing how fast this is growing. And I'm like, and it's helping the planet, which is such an easy thing to do. That makes me really happy. <laughs> Where are you all? planting the trees so they're over washington and alaska right now but the company we work with uh, plants all over the united states right now but right now they're focused on because of all the fires that have happened in washington and everything so they're focused on washington and alaska right now yeah Oh, that makes me so happy. I've talked about this man previously on here. His name is Charles Eisenstein. He is an environmentalist, but I love him because he takes the conversation deeper, kind of with what we're chatting about too, where it's so many ways that we can help from helping folks that maybe need clothes, like you said, to getting deeper into understanding the environmental aspects, but how it really is all connected. And he definitely talks about how, the, yeah, the best thing we can do, at least for Earth, is get those trees planted because that mm -hmm. really is the lungs of the planet. So I'm so happy that y'all are doing that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> and I love that that was our initial conversation when we just kicked off the business. Like it was like, okay, what can we do to offset our footprint? You know? And the first one was like, don't overproduce. I'd rather be sold out than overproduce. And the second was like, okay, how can we be carbon neutral? And the, the one that came up right away, especially since, I mean, Seattle is such a green place. It's a beautiful green place. And uh, we are like, how can we give back to our community starting and then build from there? And the one tree, one tea, one tree was like the concept of like, all right, for every tea we sell, let's plant a tree. Mm -hmm. mm, I love it. And I just had the visual of, you know, in, in the Lorax when uh, the trees are getting <laughs> just destroyed. <laughs> um, but yep, it's yep, yep. that story has stayed with me my whole life. And it really just comes down to someone just caring so much to make a difference. And I, I, I've seen that in my life. It really just, it really comes down to that. Do you care? And if you care, what are you going to do about it? And knowing that your choices and your business decisions, how it can really make the world a better place. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I don't think like you have to be able to take that breath to make that decision. And that point where you're in a grocery store and you're like, okay, I need to make a better choice, you know, or you're, 
shopping and you're like, I need to make a better choice for me and my family. And, uh, but it's that moment of like that. I think it's that in-between moment where you just stop and all of a sudden you start being aware of everything. It's impacting that one little decision. But when you think of millions of people making that same decision, you're like, okay, maybe I can make a different or better decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that you keep bringing up the breath because that is so important just to take a moment. And sometimes we don't, we're not breathing enough. <laughs> just remembering to breathe and that can make a world of a difference. I just finished the book, Breathe. And I literally, um, that's why it's always there. Cause I feel yeah. like we don't, I get very excited about what I'm doing. I get very passionate. And there's a moment like I have a dog and I get to walk my dog every day. And those are the moments I'm like, just let it all go. Think of nothing, focus on my breath. And I really get to like that. Uh, the, they have tons of breathing exercises and that's the calmness. Like that's the, 100% present. And I think that's where people are always formulated in thinking where it's like, just stop and become present. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where it all sort of lies. The greatness is just becoming present. So I just finished that book and I totally recommend it because I, I'm using it every day. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Always down for new books. And before we hopped on the call, we were chatting a little bit too about how important it is to create positive working environments for your team and just being really conscious about that is again, I, it comes, if you're going to be doing good things for the world, definitely make sure that, you know, your team is feeling good. So yeah. Could you talk a little bit about that and how you're shaping your company culture? Yeah. So we're pretty new. We have my business partner, Leanne. She is Asian and Chinese. My other business partner actually has three kids under five, which I think is super mom. Like she's <laughs> my idol all the time. And, you know, I'm minority, I'm Hispanic, I'm gay. So like we all came together and I'm like, okay, we're all sort of have a lot of little things, parts going on. And we're just talking about like, how do we deal with moms and how, like, can you work from anywhere in the world if you don't have to be at the job? And like COVID changed things and a lot of things for the positive. I think there's mm-hmm. a moment where like my pool of work was be, I live in Seattle, I work in Seattle, I get a job in Seattle. My pool of work now could be anywhere if the job is remote, you know? So what we feel is like the nine to five, we are in it nine to five, we're in it 100%, but after five, I don't want to text, I don't want the phone ring, I don't want anything. If we meet up, and my business partners, we meet up all the time. It's like, no, we're meeting for dinner. We're not talking about anything except for, wow, today was a hard day with all three kids, you know? Yeah. Let me have a real day. Like, I want to have real you conversations, outside of work, nine to five, let's work, talk about it and everything to be flexible. You can work anywhere. Our business partner went to Hawaii for two months and I was like, have fun. I don't, we don't need you here. You do your job or you're on every meetings. And it's also like learning, like, uh, I always say my life's first, then my job, you know, mm-hmm. and how do we get that right balance is like, if something's going on in your life, goodbye take care of it. And we'll cover the slack. You know, we'll move forward on holding what needs to be done till you're okay to come back and giving that sort of mental health moment to the people who need it. If you need it and you're just like our business partners, there's days with all three. She's like, can't do it. Let's talk tomorrow. It's like, all right, let's move everything to tomorrow. Let's continue with what we need to get done. And it's just learning. Like I think COVID gave us a lot of different ways of how we thought the business should be or the, the aspect of our work environment should be. 
And it changes daily, but we're keeping big tracks of what we want it to end up as, which is great. And so as we start hiring more employees, we're really talking about, you know, the flexibility is just so priority with us. It's like, for any reason, you know, how hard is Monday through Friday to go to a doctor's appointment if you're working Monday through Friday, nine to five. Exactly. Like, All right. How can we, we completely be flexible with that? You know, how can we be flexible with life? Life happens Monday through Friday, nine to five. <laughs> You know, how can we be flexible with that? So we're talking about all that. And I'm excited to see where we land. Um, the list of things to do is huge, which I'm really excited that that list of, hey, we want this in our environment. We want this in our environment. I love that that list is so big because it's like, okay, we're going the right direction of where we want it to be. Yeah, I love this. And I agree with you. I think, again, the positives of this time has been to, I think, bring the human back to the workplace, <laughs> like, like just remembering that we're all human first, you know, we're not these machines. And I think for a long time, I know that that was kind of the paradigm and I'm grateful of this time period for showing that to people. And the fact that now if people don't feel well, everyone's maybe scared that it's COVID. So everyone is like, yeah, just take care of yourself, <laughs> like do whatever you need to do. And it should have always been that way, right? It should have always been uh, a no brainer that if you're not feeling well, stay home. It should have always been that easy, but I'm grateful that it looks like mm -hmm. we're finally there. Yeah. I, I think that's been a big plus for COVID is that sort of like you're a little sick, take a day off, take mm -hmm. care of yourself first, come back, feeling 100% better and then let's move forward. I think that's a really good thing that came out of COVID because I mm -hmm. think a lot of people would work through it and um, you're not getting the best work and you're also like, you're choosing work over life again. And that's the big thing we always have is like, life first, then work. How do we get that to work together for what we do? Yes, I love that. That's such a good motto. I feel like everyone should adopt this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been going through it for 30 years and finally we're like, okay, these are all the things we don't want. And these are the things we do want in our environment. And it's just nice to be super clear on what we do want. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that makes total sense. We've all been in that situation. We don't want to be that impact your performance. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I see, you know, or, and y'all might see it too, like when it comes to a team and it's an organism, right? And if one person in that team isn't doing okay, then they need, yeah, they need to take care of themselves because if not, it affects everybody else, right? And I look to nature a lot for comparisons and trees and, and have their own family. And if one tree is not doing well, then they do, they give all the nutrients to that one tree so they can feel better because they know that they're all connected and they need each other to have a thriving ecosystem. So that's why, you know, it makes sense to want to make sure that your team is well. And because if one person isn't doing good, then it's going to hurt everybody else. So I'm grateful for this conscious shift that I've been seeing more and more during this time. That's a wonderful analogy. I love that analogy. That's a wonderful analogy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so what are some things that if you want to share that y'all are looking forward to in your future as a growing company? So we started off with men's t-shirts. We added women dresses and t-shirts, which once you feel them, you'll understand what the difference is. We really spent a lot of time engineering our fabrications. We're bringing in French Terry in the next two months. We're having, I'm excited about the French Terry a lot. So that's sweatshirts, sweatpants, hoodies, all that. There's an aspect of the fabric took a long time to get right, which I 
love the fabric. And then there's great little details all over it. We have like a little hidden side pocket where you put your keys when you run out with a sweatshirt, your keys, your ID, your credit card. Mm -hmm. And then in our kangaroo pockets in the front, we put a mesh cell phone pocket. So I think we've all been at a point where you toss your pocket in there and you run across the street and there goes your phone. And I was like, no, no, let's just remove that issue from all. We have some fun designs. So we do all the classics and then we do some really beautiful pieces, which I'm really excited about the French cherry. We're launching a camel color because normally you see sweatshirts in every color, but this beautiful camel color is just like my favorite right now. And I, because we designed a year in advance, I've been engineering denim and uh, denim has a big, it's a big passion and has a big piece of my heart because I love the process, but it's so wasteful. It's amazingly wasteful process. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on denim and we're working on the fabric. And this is a really fun project because we want to hit I'd like to be a hundred percent carbon neutral and no impact. And we're at like 80 and I doubt it. We're working on how to get it. So it's not, you know, I'd like 90, 90, I can live with so we can get that close that 10% gap. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a big chart, but it's exciting. It's a new category. And for me, it's just a fun category. Yeah. That's exciting. Thank you so much for sharing. And man, I'm so excited. It just, oh, it just makes me so happy just to see this, again, back to the shift and that this company came out of this time period that we're living in. And so I'm so excited for you and your team and all that's to come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. I'm really a big fan. Love what you do really inspires me. I feel positive that when I listen to your, your podcast, I feel like I'm aware my eyes open. I feel more engaged. It just really, mm. there's a moment of like your, I told you the interview, William Samuel, just moments just touched me and made me feel just aware and that was a great moment so thank you for what you do too I really really appreciate it well I appreciate that a lot it means a lot to me and yeah thank you so much and so Rafael what is the best way for folks to either connect with you or, or connect with your find your company give us the deets yeah. So we are on Instagram. We're at Proto101Official. You can look that up or Proto101.com is our website. You can, we have a helpline there. You can contact our, your help is really just me and my two business partners right now. So you'll be talking to us, which is really, really fun. We just had a big conversation on how great it is to engage with people and get feedback and understand their wants and needs. So uh, those are two great ways to get a hold of us check us out. We really are. It's a dream of mine. It's a mission. It's where everything needs to go. And I'm just happy to be on this course. Yes. Well, I'm so happy and excited. And I'm sure the company is going to just do so great because you're doing such good things. So, but that's it. So, well, thank you so much, Rafael, again, for taking the time to connect with me. Uh, and I very much appreciate your, yeah, your time and your support. Thank you, Monica, for taking the time also. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you to everybody listening. Until next time.